Good evening, all. This is Garrett Staples. This is my podcast on the Bengals. Uh, you might have remembered me from starting back with with an Ohio bias, uh, the I seventy one South uh, Bengals podcast that you can find on the Stitcher app, the Google Play, Apple, all of those different um, platforms. And right now, um, you know, I finished up with school going back to Ohio media school days where I did a lot of podcasting, that that sort of thing. And now I found a new app just to kind of start and venture off on my own and start my own podcast. And it's a lot of topics with the Bengals, just with their outlook of 2020 that I really wanted to touch upon. I've been thinking about it and I just really needed a platform to go ahead and uh, just kind of post my views out there and just give you Bengals fans uh, like myself and somebody who actually really wants to aspire to be um, in the the media business and then also I would you know my dream would would definitely be to uh, to cover the Bengals whether it's for a news channel or to actually uh, work with the uh, Bengals directly per se so just some things that I'm kicking off with uh, some topics and I'll, I'll just read over them before we actually get started just looking at the Bengals outlook for 2020 like I mentioned and I'll reiterate and then just looking at from some of the major topics the NFL draft we all know the Bengals have the first pick in the draft and the 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 topic is is are the Bengals are they in love with Joe Burrow are they going to take him with the first pick will the fans in Cincinnati accept anything but Joe Burrow at this point as the number one pick excuse me and then some other topics that I'll touch on, just, just going back to how the, the season ended, and you look at how the 49ers basically built their team through the draft, and a little bit of fr- sprinkle with a little bit of free agency, and just talking about how they built their team through their offensive line and their defensive line, which I really think is still, it may be old school, it's not, it's not the sexy way of doing things, but it's the way that you build a team that will be effective for years on in to come because you you have to build your team from the offensive line and the defensive line inside out from your your center on out into your nose tackle on out through your linebackers and um, going back to the secondary so that's that's how I feel is the effective way of doing things and then in contrast do you think where the Bengals they're kind of in this situation like how the Kansas City Chiefs are are you that in love with Joe Burrow, do you feel like the way to resurrect and to basically get your your franchise back in the in the right the right motion is by basically saying, hey, we're we're gonna put all of our resources into drafting this quarterback and then putting the the necessary pieces to make him and give him the weapons to make him successful like a Patrick Mahomes with Kansas City. So that'll be interesting. And then there's, with the Bengals in general, there's a lot of holes to be filled. Uh, you look at the linebackers, and outside of maybe a linebacker the Bengals have drafted, there's there's nobody there that you could say is just irreplaceable. All, all of them are replaceable to me. And then going to the secondary, we still have some folks um, that really – to me, they're stealing money from the Bengals, and they, it's time to move on. And then we have a new coach in Cincinnati, Zach Taylor. A lot of fans may may have been not happy with him 
I felt he, I saw improvement here and there. And I'm like, you're only as good as the, the parts that you're given to work with. And with Zach Taylor being, with that being said for Zach Taylor, you know, free agency, the Bengals are no, notorious for not spending money. And with Mike Brown, is he going to start running this organization um, and being aggressive like some of these other owners um, to to want to go ahead and, and win? Or, or do these quotes from like a Carson Palmer, do they really manifest throughout the franchise where Mike Brown is just not an owner who is serious about winning? Is he just going to continue to run this like a family business? Pay, go ahead and pay his free agents that are in in within Paul Brown Stadium, and then just go and get second tier or third tier free agents to to come to Cincinnati. And that's that's pretty much where we're at. So with that being said, with the Bengals outlook of 2020, let's go ahead and let's start with the the quarterbacks. The quarterback situation. Um, there's a lot of different options, and I also feel with the the Bengals that it's not just one hole um, that needs to be filled or needs to be addressed. There's there's multiple ones that, like I said, with my topics that need to be addressed. So, for example, we're talking quarterbacks. If you're talking the number one pick, a lot of people are all in with uh, Joe Burrow. A lot of the fan base. You've went to the games and you've seen. Um, Heisman, Joe Burrow, different different signs that fans are making. But let's look at it from a different perspective. Like I said, and I'll reiterate, the Bengals have a lot of holes to fill. So what if you go and say maybe the Bengals trade out of this, this first pick and they just get an offer like New Orleans um, you know, offered to, you know, to move up to get Ricky Williams or you know, Eli Manning, he said he didn't want to go to San Diego and he wanted to go to New York and you work out a trade because I, I really feel like the Bengals, they have a lot of holes to fill. And if Joe Burrow is not your guy and he's he doesn't check every box that you feel as the number one pick, then you've got to do some some real soul searching and you've really got to say to yourself, okay, who is desperate enough to move up and who is quarterback needy enough to go ahead and move up and take and take Joe Burrow and, and just really needs to solidify their franchise with a franchise quarterback. So, I mean, we have teams like Miami to say one. I, I mean, I've even looked at the Bears, Chicago, where, you know, they drafted Mitchell Trubisky a, a couple a couple uh years back. But before the trade deadline, they were they were in Paul Brown Stadium. They were they were calling uh Cincinnati and basically saying, Well, I want to go ahead and can we make a deal for Andy Dalton? So there's a lot of different teams that need a, a franchise quarterback. And pretty much like they say, this is the NFL is a quarterback-driven league. That's 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 what it is. That's the uh, the fact. Because I think if you even look at if you look at the uh, the playoff and what's taking place for the uh, the NFL playoffs, I mean, you can you can get by 
with having a great offensive line, a great defensive line. I think San Francisco, Jimmy G, he wasn't a a first-round pick or the number one pick in the draft. I think he's he's very serviceable, and I think he has room to grow to where he can potentially be great. He's not there yet, but he has that potential. Um, Patrick, Patrick Mahomes is a generational talent. You don't find those. He's, he's very rare. And if you feel Joe Burrow is like a Patrick Mahomes, then yes, then you go unequivocally. You go ahead, you take Joe Burrow at number one, you build your team, your offense around him. You, you make this team more of a, how can I say it, like a, a Patrick Mahomes or even going back to the Indianapolis Colts where everything was predicated on the offense and building around Peyton Manning and giving him weapons and winning that way. I still think you need balance where you need to have a solid defense and then you can be a little bit heavier on the offensive side, but you still have to have that that balance to be consistent year in and year out, and especially in the AFC North uh, division where the Bengals currently play in, which is still a, a black and blue division where you have to be able to stop the run and you have to be physical. So, you know, there's options. If the Bengals feel like they're not in love with this pick and they trade down, fans, you know, go ahead and, and, and you know, just meditate, kumbaya, or, or whatever it is that you want to do and, and just come to grips with this because there's some other options I actually like also and, and started to move up my draft board just looking at a, a Justin Herbert um, that potentially if we're talking with Justin Herbert, if he would have left his junior year compared to this senior season, we're talking about Justin Herbert being the number one draft pick. Uh, and, and it really doesn't even, it's not even close. And then we also have where the Bengals could move, maybe move back a couple picks, stockpile, stockpile draft capital. And then you're talking about maybe even taking a, a Tua Taglia, Tagliavoa, where I don't think just in our division and the weather that we play in, I don't think his skill set really fits in an undersized quarterback. I really feel like the Bengals need playing in this division, playing in the weather when it gets inclement, probably November and on. You need a, a taller quarterback that can see over the, uh, the offensive linemen, the offensive tackles and D tackles, tall defensive tackles. Because the one thing I think a lot of Bengaldom is – frustrated with 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 Andy Dalton is just having passes batted down at the line of scrimmage which is is definitely frustrating and it it kills plays before they even um, get a chance to start and then you have uh, Tua like I mentioned and then even if the Bengals they want to address some other some other positions early on like linebacker where they are very needy um, and then come back around and say the, the second round or move back up into the, the end of the first round and take like a Jalen Hurts. That's a, I mean, that's an option. So these are things that the Bengals, they have to go ahead and look at. They have to be cognizant of. And, you, you know, when you're talking about the NFL draft, you can't tip your, tip your hand as far as what you are going to do. Okay, and then just... Touching back on the, the way the 49ers, they built their, their roster. 
do you feel like the Bengals maybe they should tank another year or two? You know, where they they're they I hate to say it, you know, you kind of lose and you keep getting high draft picks because that's when you looked at the 49ers defensive line, that's what you saw. You saw Armsteads, Joey Bosa's um, across their defensive line where these are all high draft picks that they put all on the defensive line and now they generate that pressure with their front four like what the Bengals they lack. They they cannot generate consistently pressure with their with their front four. So that's something to take in consideration. Do you want to go that route? I mean, it's it's a slower process for the Bengals, um, you know, as they say, tanking, which they say teams don't do. But I, I feel like John Lynch and, and the 49ers, they, they figured it out. They tanked and they they rebuilt their defensive line and they rebuilt their offensive line. And that's why I feel like, you know, even with average skill, skill position players, the 49ers are going to be right there because why? They can win in the trenches. They can win in the offensive line. They can win in the defensive line. And consistently going back to even the Dallas Cowboys days, that's what made them so great. It's just that they had those big uglies, as they call them, those offensive linemen and defensive linemen to basically do the fundamentals of football, block, tackle, and that's what it comes down to in football. Everything else, you know, the skill positions are just, it's, it's window dressing. So, you know, do you want to go that 49ers route? Or do you just want to marry yourself to a quarterback as in Joe Burrow with that first pick and basically say everything else, we're just going to build around his skill set, kind of like LSU had all those talented receivers, talented backs, to where he's just playing a point guard and he's just distributing the ball to these different players, you know, to these different athletes and putting them in space and advantageous situations. And then just, I mean, the Bengals, like I said, I touched on it before, linebacker, they don't touch it in the first round. They definitely need to address it in the second round. And we know the the Bengals are sticklers for not spending money on free agency, but this maybe might be the year that you have to reconsider and say, you know what? We've got to spend some money to address these positions that maybe uh, a newer player just isn't ready to step into that starting role. And you need some veteran leadership and a guy who's done it, a guy who's already been uh, effective in this league, you know, and successful at the linebacking position. And then I'm just like I said, I was I was going to go ahead and talk about this secondary. You look at guys like. Drake or Patrick that from a cap cap money uh, standpoint, the Bengals could save some money just going ahead and moving on from a Drake or Patrick. I think he's he's been a great guy, but a lot of a lot of wide receivers have taken advantage of him. And I, I think that's a weak point for the, the Bengals roster is this this secondary. Um, you're looking at a guy like uh, Brandon Webb, a guy that the Bengals brought over in free agency, and it's just another one of those things from the Giants where he came over from the Giants in free agency. The Bengals did that. And to me, that just shows sometimes where the Bengals, when you pay these second-tier and third-tier type of free agents, you get those results. And, and Webb, for the most part, was picked on last year um, for whatever the case may be, but there's a reason why the Giants released this kid or, or you know, kind of let him go and let him become a free agent. 
and the Bengals, you know, they, they picked him up as as we can say on a uh a hometown uh hometown contract which is very inexpensive and cap friendly. But you can see the results as Webb was he was tortured during games. He was picked on. And then we're looking at Sean Williams. Are you going to basically say, because Sean Williams is an old school in the box safety, are you going to move him maybe to like a nickel linebacker or someone that basically you can go ahead and just keep him in the box, let him play linebacker because he wants to play up towards the the line of scrimmage? Kind of reminds you of an old bangle that uh, Mike Zimmer brought over from the Cowboys and Roy Williams, you know, because that you basically have to have players now that can play multiple positions and can cover and not just be big hitters and looking for the big hit in the NFL. And that's the problem that we're having with Sean Williams. And then, you know, we have a brand new head coach. There's been a lot of, and I've looked in Bengals chat groups and I've, I've heard from a lot of folks. There's, there's a lot of, as I call uh, Marvin Lewis, uh, disciples that you know they're just hell-bent on Marvin Lewis but I look at it like I remember being in the stands um that playoff game I believe that was in 18 um where the Bengals basically just gave away just gave away that that playoff game and since then they have not been the Bengals haven't been anywhere close to even being playing really like 500 football so there was a reason why Marvin Lewis in 18 years, if you can't win a playoff game, it's time to move on. Maybe, maybe you know, because I hear some fans, maybe you're right. Maybe Mike Brown was the hindrance. But I think even after 18 years, a person's message gets old to a team, and it was time for a new start. And now you look at the Zach Taylor era in Cincinnati, and with Zach Taylor, do you feel like, do you feel like you saw improvement? I know a lot of Bengals fans, they said during the season, I don't feel like he improved coaching, but I saw in the Seattle game the differences between Marvin and Zach where Zach would, he went for it before halftime versus uh, Marvin. He would just down the ball, play it safe, and get into halftime. And we actually, the Bengals actually scored um, before halftime. So he's an aggressive uh, play caller. But to run this offense, this offensive line has to be better. And he's got to have a better signal, signal caller that, that has heart. Because, like I said, I, I watched Andy Dalton, the, the Bengals uh, opener, against the 49ers. And Andy Dalton made a business decision, as I call it. And that business decision was he was scrambling on third down. He could have taken the hit and got the first down. And Dalton decided to basically scramble. And as he saw that linebacker come to hit him, he just lofted the ball in the air uh, in the direction of the vicinity of a uh, receiver, and it was incomplete. And I think that really solidified and was a statement for the rest of the season. And that was, it was still a, a, a manageable game. And that, after that, the it just flooded and, and, and it became a snowball effect and San Francisco just really went ran rough shot all over the Bengals and, and it just kind of left a, uh, a cloud over the Bengals season going on forward to me. So I definitely do feel like 
they, the Bengals, they have to move on from Dalton. And Dalton, when you bench a guy on his birthday, and just like Dalton said, well, if you feel this way about me or whatever, how come you didn't give me the opportunity before the trade deadline? You had the Bears or whatever uh, that wanted to trade for Dalton. You should have moved him then. But now uh, the rumors that are coming out from the front office, uh, one of the reporters, Jason Lacanfora, also reported that um, the Bengals and Dalton, uh, Dalton's camp, and I, I would guess his agent, they're basically um, looking at a, a mutual place that Dalton would want to go to uh, via free agency or, or a uh, trade, that type of, basically to be actually be traded to, because uh, I don't believe that Dalton is a total unrestrict, unrestricted free agent at this time. But with this number one pick, and it does look like the Bengals are going to stay put at that, they're going to take a quarterback. And Dalton has basically said, I still want to play. I still want to start. So there's no reason to have a quarterback controversy. I think that is the right thing to do to go ahead and um, trade the Bengals. So this is one of the, uh, it's not one of, but this is the the first podcast that I've I've done on my own. Um, And I hope you guys like it. And there will definitely be more to come may not just be on football it'll be just i mean it's it's a lot of different topics a lot of different thoughts that i've had from football and 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 on that um you can probably look be be looking forward to all right so here's the uh the Bengals podcast i I might rename it uh but it's just been a lot of stuff i've been wanting to talk about a lot of things since the uh year has went on and i just wanted to share with some of my thoughts and just reach out and hopefully you guys can uh, give me some interaction and, and just let me know how you feel about it. All right. Thank you and good night.